own your journey. Failures, successes, own it all, man. Be authentic on what you've accomplished in your life. Be proud of who you are. Don't worry about those obstacles. There's always a way to overcome them and succeed. And by all means, forget the saying, fake it until you make it. Own what you know and what you don't. My next guest, ah, she made me smile. She absolutely embodies all of this and more. This young lady is so inspiring. I can't wait for you to listen to her and be inspired. And as always, share, like, rate, and please follow us on Patreon. We appreciate all your support. Until next time. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Ah, take a deep breath in, my Let's Keep It Real people. Chill, relax, put your feet up, unless you're in your car or working out. Today is going to be a lot of fun and very inspiring. This is the first time I'm meeting this young lady, but everything I've read and heard about her, my peeps, my friends, everyone's, you haven't had Nicole on your show? I'm like, who's Nicole? And then I looked it up and I'm so, so, so revved up. But before she gets on, let me just tell you a little about her. Nicole Stevenson has over a decade of experience leading and executing marketing, promotion, sales, and event responsibilities. Woohoo! that's lots of fun stuff. Her passion has always been in helping others to overcome obstacles to achieve success. The beginning of Nicole's career was spent in the media industry working for one of the top radio stations, oh, I wonder if she knows Carrie Mulvey, in the Philadelphia market, KYW News Radio, in both marketing and programming. Through her current leading, oh my goodness, I forgot all about, through her current role leading the Society of Professional Women, woo, SPW, for the Mainline Chamber of Commerce, she has recognized the impact of her work on the future generations. Welcome, Nicole. Oh my gosh, that was so awesome to hear that. And yes, I know Carrie Mulvey. She's actually one of my really good friends, one of the people I stay in touch with. I like to see her as almost a mentor as well. She's fantastic. So that's awesome. Wait a minute. Okay, so that's a whole nother, <laughs> how we're related because she took me, she, well, years ago, she joined my first club in Bala Kenwood. It was in Bala One where all the radio stations were. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and she took me under her wing and got me on some of the radio stations doing a lot of different fun fitness stuff. And then she let me stay at her shore house all the time with, where, when she wasn't there with her family. So lots of oh. good times. Oh, my gosh, Great. that's a riot. Great lady. Great I'll lady. have to text her for sure as soon as we're done this. <laughs> yeah, you will. And I will later too. Okay. Before we get off track, because it sounds like we could have a lot in common. If you're going to think of one word, Nicole, that best describes your past 30 days, good, bad, or ugly, what would the Ooh. word be? Um, hmm. I'd say growth. Growth. Yeah. Please do explain. 
So I feel that I've hit a point in my life where I've had a lot more experience than most women, younger women my age, where I've risen to a position, a leadership position, probably, and I can admit this now, maybe not then, but I admit this now, where I can admit I wasn't ready for that role. Like I I was not Mm. prepared enough to be a director when I achieved that role, but at the time I felt like I was you know, the best. So of course I was very much like, oh no, I do deserve to be here. But (laughs) now that I've been in industries and multiple industries for over a decade, I see how green I really was. And I think I've been able to see how much I've grown in my role. And I also have been thinking of doing things um, for myself. And I'm a recent mother. I mean, my daughter's five now, but it took me a long time to realize how important self-care is. Um, I, I've understood that for my mental health, seeing a psychiatrist might be smart just to kind of talk through some of the, uh, growing pains of juggling being a mom and having career and being able to admit that it's okay to ask for help. So I feel like in the last 30 days, um, since going to therapy that I've grown not only professionally, of course, over time, but I've also grown a lot personally. So for me, I think in the last 30 days, I'd like to think that my word would be growth. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that. And that's just growth for recognizing that because so many people cannot even look back and go, holy moly, what was I thinking? But guess what? It's okay. You weren't supposed to know. When you're there, you think, I'm the bum. I know this. And you can't possibly see that wisdom, you know, until you're older and going, what the heck? You know, (laughs) you know, what the heck? But the fact that you see that is freaking awesome. And thank you for sharing that it hasn't been all, you know, rosies and peaches. No, of course not. Yeah. And the balance of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and trying to decide, okay, here I am a friend, I'm a wife, I'm this, I'm that. And I care about my career. It's not easy, man. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> so what do you think has been one of the biggest challenges? Like you said, now you're seeing a therapist. We all, mm-hmm. we all. I don't care if a therapist, a coach, a trainer, a mentor, everybody would benefit from talking to someone and speaking to someone because you just, you know, you can't look at yourself the same way. Mm-hmm. What do you think has been one of the little tidbits that you can say to moms out there about balancing your career and family and friends and all that? So I think a lot of times we place guilt upon ourselves, but I, I, and and I love my mother. We're very, very close, but I feel like the generational differences can sometimes also lead to more pressure, um, to be just one thing. Like you're a mom Mm -hmm. now and that's it. Um, and I always joke with my mom because she's, when I had my daughter, uh, Liliana, she was like, oh, great. So you're going to stay home now, right? And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, why did you just pay like six figures for me to go to college if you wanted me to sit at home? Like, you're not really, you're not really making much sense. And of course, she's always so proud of me too. So I'm like, I don't understand how you could be so proud of my accomplishments and tell me how amazing I am and then tell me you want me to sit at home. Oh, well, just yeah. for a couple years until she goes to school. And I'm like, no, that that's not really for me. So I think that as women, we have a tendency to let others creep into what their perception of what it should be 
to ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think we need to take a step back and evaluate our own personalities, our own financial situations. Like, yeah. for example, sometimes women can make more money than their counterparts if they're women that are in different positions and be the breadwinner. And that's okay. And what role is your spouse or partner going to take when you decide to have a child? And what is their cultural background? You know, because there's yeah. so much that comes into play that it's not just black or white and you really can't let society tell you what work-life balance is it's not up to society it's up to you every circumstance Mm. is different and every person is individualized so you can't really say well what is oh this person over here mary she looks like she has it all together and see that's why i i it's funny because i feel like i overshare often and people tell me i overshare but i have so many private conversations that happen after i overshare where people are just Oh my God, thank you for sharing that. Because on Facebook, you know, you see all the trips I might go on with my family or that I did kill it at an event last week. And you think, oh, Nicole has it all together. She's got a child. She's got a husband. She's Mm -hmm. going on a vacation next week. She did an event. But then they're not seeing that sometimes I feel like I'm juggling too much and I'm crying or I'm in bed all day. And then I feel like I failed. And So for me, when I have those days, it's important for me to share that with my community. Although that some people might say, well, doesn't that make you think you're weak or doesn't that make you appear weak to others? And does that take away from your strength as a leader to say that you have faults? And I said, no, because deep down, everybody has them. They just don't want to admit them. So if I can help even one person that I don't care if Joe Bob thinks that I'm weak, you know what I mean? Like he can say I'm weak all he wants, but at home, he's probably crying in his own corner and he's judging me just because he's jealous that I have the ability to own my mistakes or own my, my, my failures or my little weaknesses that I might have. First of all, there are so many great points to pull out of that. I don't know where to go, but woohoo! And by the way, I like <laughs> Joe Bob because I always say Billy Bob, me and Billy Bob. Okay, so here's a few things. Number one, I admire 10 times all the people that are willing to say, here's all of me and be able to take that to the next generation and to your, your kids. And I always say to my son, you're not perfect, but you're awesome and amazing. And I don't want them to think, you know what I mean? Because of social media, it's even harder that you have to be perfect. You're just incredible as you are. And you are instilling that in your child. So amazing, amazing, amazing. The second thing is, I think you're hitting it right at you know, the perfect moment. People want authentic. You and I were talking about that little beginning. They're sick of hearing, oh, la, la, la. Yeah, it's all la, la, la. But guess what? I was screaming at my family yesterday, you know, and I didn't get out of bed to noon. Like people are saying, oh, see, I love your energy and Pippi Skippy and you're always happy. I go talk to my husband and my son, you know, on any given day. And they appreciate that. So I love that you're sharing. I've always been accused of an oversharer. So maybe that's why we were brought together. Sandy, don't share that. You won't succeed in business. Don't tell them this. Don't tell them. Guess what? You know, Nicole, I'm 61. I'm kicking butt. I think I'm okay now. The oversharing works for me. <laughs> so you have to know your personality and who you are. But before you go, because it's got to be about you, but I have to do this because you know Carrie Mulvey and it, it matters. Carrie Mulvey, I was so young and I had my I have a daughter. She's older. She's 38. That's a whole nother story, but my son is 17. So there's a gap in there, but I was owning a business and I had my son at 43 and I was like, Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Cause I, I love my business, my career, my kid, you know, daycare, you know, all you shouldn't know all the stuff that you're saying. 
And she looked at me and she's like, what are you talking about? She had her kids in daycare the day they allowed it, like six weeks, four weeks, boom, baby back at work. And that fit for her. And she's like, Sandy, there's not just one way. No one's going to tell me that I don't love my kids. I don't care about my kids. Mm -hmm. I may not spend as much time with them, but the quality time I spend with them, I want to be there. I love it. And this is me and this is who I am. And she's got a great relationship with her boys. That changed my life, Nicole, her telling me that, you know what I mean? Because so many people were making me feel guilty mm -hmm. for wanting to go back to work. So I love that you said that. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, so let's go on to the next point. Why, oh, why, oh, why? What happened that you said, okay, I think I'm going to go do therapy. Is it because you just wanted self-growth or what, what was that final, like, mm, I need this? Um, actually, I have a very supportive partner. My husband, Tim, is, you know, just amazing. He's always supported my career, my dreams. Um, he's always kind of put me on a pedestal <laughs> and, you know, maybe that's why I married him, right? Um, no, I, I had been in a lot of toxic relationships where because of my outgoing personality, I've also been a singer, so I performed a lot where, where when I performed... Uh, it was an immediate, like the whole room would be talking to me and an ex-boyfriend would tear me down or make me cry before a performance or, you know, it was very toxic of like, I want the attention, not you. Whereas when I knew my husband was the one, and I will get to the point, I promise, when I knew my husband was the Go, one, I love this. He, he, it was when I took him to a client party, it was like a, it was a business professional setting. And when I went to introduce myself to someone, they actually said, Oh, I met your husband. He was raving about you. So like, I never needed to introduce myself anywhere. My husband, and another thing is he didn't need me to coddle him. Like he knew I was there to work. So it wasn't like, oh, you didn't pay attention to me tonight and you didn't get me a drink. And oh, I was by myself. Like my husband also has a very outgoing personality. So when we hit a room, we divide and conquer. You know, like he can go and he can do whatever, but it's not like it was self-serving. Like if he goes and divides and conquer in a room, He's going to be touting my praises. He's going to be telling oh. people to come over oh. and to come meet with me. So my husband and I have a very mutual understanding of how much stress and pressure I have in, in the businesses that I get involved in or my goals and all the side projects I work on. And like I said, I sing, I do things. I was advising my sorority. So like I'm, I've always been the type of person to have multiple balls in the air. And he knows that about me and he respects yeah. that about me. And I think he's seen me struggling and his work actually offers a free service of five free counseling sessions. And he just, I think he noticed that I was not well and I've been struggling with an autoimmune disease since my daughter was born. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and I was really oh. struggling. Um, we've been trying to have a baby for two years. So I've been suffering from some infertility and just have been having some emotional issues. And he said, listen, my work has this free service. It's five counseling sessions. I don't know if it'll help what you're going through. You can choose to stay and pay after, or if not, if five is all you need and you say this is, you know, not working, then you don't have to, but it's free. You might as well take advantage of it. And I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. And by my second session, she had taught me a way to communicate with my husband about my daughter's bedtime routine, because quite honestly, I've been the majority of the caregiver, which most women are, yep. especially because I have a daughter. And she helped me to engage in a conversation with him without placing blame, without having an argument. And honestly, he was the one who suggested I do this. So you'd hope he'd be open to hearing what my therapist had to say. <laughs> and quite honestly, 
for the last month and a half, my husband has been putting my daughter to bed on Tuesdays and Thursdays every week so that I can have some alone time. So like it's small things like that where, where you don't have to go to a therapist when you're at rock bottom because I think there's a lot of animosity and anger there. I mean, I'm not saying don't try it. I'm just saying yeah. you yeah. don't have to think therapy is when you're at your ultimate breaking point. Therapy is actually great when you're in a good place because then you have more of a open mind and you're not bitter or resentful or angry, you can actually communicate on your regular level because you're not in a toxic place. So I think it was perfect timing because I didn't even think to have that conversation. It just went that way. Yeah. And then and now my mental health is better because I'm not up till 4 a.m. trying to watch a show because I have to put her to bed and I don't get any time to myself. And so anyway, I mean, I don't really want to get into all that, but the truth is yeah, it was yeah. actually suggested by my husband and it wasn't in a negative, like, you need to go to a therapist or crazy type thing. It was yeah. like, hey, I see you struggling and I can't help you. Like he can't. He doesn't kind of understand the emotional issues that I have because he's never experienced them. Like we watched that show 13 Reasons Why, which is like really crazy. And like he's never experienced bullying, things like that. So he's like, does this really happen? And I'm like, yes, what are you talking about? You know? So like, I think it came from a good place. Like he didn't know how to help me. So he was just like, hey, I have this free thing at work. Do you want to try it? And it just happened to be something that I really didn't even know I needed. So that's kind of how that happened. Yeah. And I love that because I always tell people, you know, no matter who you are, where you are, you don't, you don't have to be at rock bottom, although it's, you know, go then too. But even if you just want growth and you know you need more, I remember my son telling me, Nicole, when he was in eighth grade, mom, I think everybody would benefit from talking to a therapy or therapist or counselor. We all need that person that's not a family member. And he's right. You know, it, there's no way you won't get something out of it with the right person. So you must bond with this woman. Yes. And I mean, I actually had counseling in high school, um, for a few sessions, uh, due to something that happened to me, my, I think it was my junior or senior year, but that like, it's not like I was ever in a place to say, oh, I don't agree with therapy or I don't believe this exists. Like I said, it's not like I didn't believe mental health was an issue or any of that. It's just sometimes it's hard to admit you're not strong. Like I, you, yep. you feel like, oh, if I do this, it's going to be perceived as a weakness. When in reality, yep. when you go and you're in a good place, I feel like it's that much more productive because I it's know. just a conversation. It's not like a last minute resort of like, if I don't do this, I'm going to break and something horrible is going to happen. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. doing this for the growth purpose. Like I'm doing this because it's going to help me and it's going to help me grow versus, oh my God, I need to do this or it's going to be over for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think the stigma is changing with people like you sharing and all my guests, mm-hmm. everyone. I think I haven't met anyone to call men or women in the last few years who didn't say they were seeing someone. So I think the stigma is changing, but I really want to switch gears because I love that you said this. It's very intriguing. I'm not sure if I agree with it the whole way. So I want to bring this up. Fake it till you make it. This really (laughs) is exciting to me. So let me read you something that Nicole said. I dislike this saying, fake it until you make it. Be confident in your skills and abilities. If you don't believe in you, others won't either. Stay authentic. People know when someone isn't genuine or honest. So please explain. I love this. So I think that when you are not authentic in front of people, they, they can feel it, right? That's where the sleazy salesperson comes in where they, you know, people talk about that. And, and like I told you earlier, I'm an oversharer. So I feel like that gives me a little bit of an, you know, a head up on, on others because 
when I come to a room and I present myself, you're getting the real me. And I feel like that establishes an immediate level of trust. I also feel like showing your vulnerability gives people another layer of trust. And when you say fake it until you make it, like I said before, I feel like that's almost what I was doing when I first became a director at the radio station when I didn't really have the the knowledge to back it up. And although I was trying to say, hey, I've been in this role in the interim and I'm working and I'm trying to show you, the truth was I really didn't have the established contacts to be in that role or the, the breadth of knowledge that I could have gained. So for me, it really was like I was faking it the whole time, but still wearing that hat, right? And I gotcha, wasn't really gotcha. supposed to be there. <laughs> or I should have been there. But I guess what happened was... If you're faking it and you're not really there, I don't also believe the passion is there. And if you don't have the passion to drive you, I feel like you're not going to fully succeed at whatever you're doing. Because if you're faking it, you're not really, you don't really believe it. No one else is going to believe it, right? Like I feel like people are drawn to positive energy and people are drawn to people who are confident. And when you're faking it, I don't believe you can be fully confident because you, you're going to have that misstep of, oh, I'm not really supposed to be here. And, and maybe <laughs> yeah. you're not going to speak as you know intelligently as you could about a topic or you're not going to present at the boardroom because you don't feel like your voice should be heard. You know, those kind of things. Whereas if you decide to contribute to a conversation when you know something and you're not faking it, Think of how that's perceived. When you raise your hand in a boardroom and say, hey, this is my area of expertise and here's all the information and you stand by it, people will be like, wow, okay, she really knows what you're talking about. Whereas if you're faking it and you're kind of like, oh, I'm just going to sit in the back of the room and hope nobody notices me, people are going to notice that. So unless you can really step yeah. into the role, step into yourself and be confident, you're really not making it. You're, you're faking it and people are going to eventually figure you out because you can only fake it for so long. That's why I don't like to fake it till you make it because gotcha, gotcha. even if you make it, if you're faking it, eventually you're going to be figured out, right? People are going to say, hey, she comes to the boardroom and she never contributes an idea ever. She just sits there the whole time. Like, is she ever going to contribute anything? You know, those kind of things. So I really don't like when people say fake it till you make it. What I say is do the work while you're making it. Like, don't fake it. Tell people you need help. Hey, I got this role. I'm a director, but I really don't feel confident with these two areas of my role. And I, I'd like some help to get those things so that I can be a good director. It's okay. You know, and statistics will tell you that men will apply for a job with only like 60% of the qualifications or something where women will need to have 100% of the qualifications. They won't even let one bullet point that they don't have. When I go into a job interview, I like to say, you know what, see these five things? I'm great at four of them, but I am willing to learn that fifth thing. And mm -hmm. to be honest, if you're going to admit that and you're gonna say, yeah, I wanna learn something, maybe you could bring value because you don't understand that so that you can add to the conversation and say, hey, plus you have, I think, a longer retention period. Because if you hire a manager that has 100% of the qualifications, chances are they might get the job and get bored in a year and say, well, what's the next thing? Because I'm overqualified. Whereas if you have somebody that's a little bit underqualified where they have goals and things to work towards, like, hey, this year I'm going to do this, but next year I'm going to work on strengthening this part of the job, then they have things that they're working towards, which can lead them to greater retention in your organization because they're they're achieving things and they're they're going into that role. They're not faking it anymore. They are actually making it. You know what? Now that you've explained it, I love it. 
(laughs) No, I get it now because I'm the same way. If I don't know something, I will raise my hand and go, I don't know it. And people used to criticize me. No, 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 no. You have to pretend you know it. You'll, you know, you won't look knowledgeable. And I don't agree. And by the way, almost every one of my huge mentors who were very successful in business always said, Sandy, they can see through people. They can tell who is not being authentic a mile away. If someone just thinks, you know, they can see it and people are attracted to people that they know there's not a, an angle. They're not faking it They're, You know what? So I love the way you explained it though. It's amazing. I've never heard it that way and no one's ever brought that up. So I'm going to put that really big somewhere. <laughs> no, I, no, I do because it's like the light bulbs going off in my head because I don't know. I'm thinking of even, um, do you know who Brian Roberts is? CEO of Comcast. He was yes. one of, one of my original clients and he always said that like that, I was going to get far because of my authenticity mm-hmm. and people think they're so shrewd mm-hmm. and they play the angles. We know it's coming. We can see it, you know, a mile away. So right. ju- just be who you are, say what you want. Don't pretend you know something and go forward. So good for you, Nicole. Thank you so much. Oh, we're going to switch gears. You ready? Mm-hmm. If you were going to be an animal, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. This is a, oh, okay. An animal. Oh man, I would be my own dog. That's for sure. She she goes everywhere with us on, she's at the beach. She is going camping. I mean, my dog's got the life. I have a Pembroke Welsh Corgi, so she's adorable. She's a queen's dog. Um, (laughs) So you want to be your dog. Okay. No, no, that's too, that's too easy in life for me. You know, I've always, since I was a little girl, um, told my mom that I wanted to be own a tiger like one Uh-oh. white tiger and one orange tiger and i don't know what my fascination with the tigers were other than that they're beautiful um but they always seem so strong and like i said I, I always wanted to see them in pairs and i don't know i'm just an animal lover in general and for some reason the i think it's because they were exotic and so vikram dewan who's the ceo of the philadelphia zoo he's an incredible incredible leader. I don't know if you've ever seen him speak before, but he no, presented Yeah, he presented to our nonprofit roundtable group for the Mainline Chamber one time and just did like a perspective interview on leadership and he is just such a gen- talk about genuine and authenticity. Oh my gosh, he's he's phenomenal. And he's so revolutionary for the things that he's brought to the Philadelphia Zoo and he really wants to make an impact on the community, not just as a zoo, but like the external part of the community, like offering jobs to have people come and make the food for the animal. Anyway, he's just amazing. He even sustainability efforts. I mean, he's a great guy, conservationist. I mean, all the way around. And I'll never forget that when I went to, I I thanked him for coming to speak for free and offering his knowledge and being so wonderful. And I remember I said, you know, I have a membership to the zoo. I'm going to come with my daughter. And he said, I want you to come see me when you and your daughter come. I want you to tell the front desk to get me so I can come greet you. And I'm thinking, what? The CEO of a company, like, when do they have time to come see me and my daughter next time we go to the zoo? But I did. I did. I called him and I said, hey, me and my daughter are here. I don't know if he's available. He's probably in some important meeting. But if he wants to find me, you know, whatever. And they were like, go to the monkey exhibit. He wants to meet with you. And I was like, okay. So me and my daughter went there. This is probably a year or two ago. And he brought us zoo keys down. He, he brought us around and, and it ta- showed my daughter the monkeys and talked to her about them. It was literally five minutes. It was not long. 
But I just thought, wow, what a leader. Like this is a true leader. This is what real leadership looks like to make people feel important no matter their station. Not that I don't think I'm an important person, but like he, no, could, have, he could have easily had a million other things or conference calls with other important business leaders that could give the zoo million dollars. I mean, I don't know. But the point <laughs> is that he did that. And not even a week later, because he asked my daughter what her favorite animal was. And then he asked me and I said a tiger. And he sent me a beautiful note with a printed picture of the tiger at the zoo um, and wrote on the back of it. And that picture is now framed and hung in my den. And I think to myself, like, for him to go out of his way, remember something I told him that was special to me, write a note on it and have a keepsake of one of the, the oldest living tigers at the zoo right now. And he's just got this beautiful picture of this tiger in my Aww. den. And my, my daughter always says, mommy, we got that from the zoo. Like she knows. And that to me makes me proud that like I can go to a place that's, you know, one of the oldest and first zoos in the whole United States and have a connection so personal to it now. Um, that the CEO actually gave me something from there, you know? So that is really cool to me. And I think that that is amazing leadership and authenticity when someone can actually pay attention. And so when I get speakers for Society Professional Women, when I read these books, I might find something weird. So Maxine Clark from Build-A-Bear. I don't, I don't know if you know her, but she founded yeah, well, Build-A-Bear. Well, I don't know her, but I know of her. Well, she yeah. wrote something weird in her book that, like, for some reason, whenever she's in Pennsylvania or around a Cracker Barrel, she goes to one. And she wrote that in her book. And so when she spoke for us, I sent her gift cards to Cracker Barrel. And when someone told me they like diet soda in their book for whatever reason, I made sure on the speaker's podium there was a bunch of diet soda. Like Aww. small attentions to detail like that show people that you're not just blowing smoke and you're not just like, oh, whatever, come speak for me because yeah, yeah, I yeah. have a need. It's like I actually took the time to get to know you. I'm thankful. I'm appreciative. I'm going to find something to show my appreciation beyond just a business professional, but as a human being, like my, someone I know had their child had heart surgery during the year that we were speaking. And so I had my daughter draw their son a card that said, get well soon. And I said, I don't know if you mind sharing your personal address, but I'd like to send you something. And I didn't tell them what it was, yeah. but they just were like, I've never, I've worked with people all over the, the United States and in Europe, and I've never had someone do something so personal and genuine that you would have your daughter participate in something and send something to my son. Like those are the kind of details that people remember and that will, will get your name around the world in a good way. Right. Yeah, Where they're yeah, like, yeah. I want to work with this person because they actually care about people. They're, they're in, in it for people, not just <laughs> what's, what's the money yeah. end of things or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's kind of, that was a really long wind to what you're asking of what kind of favorite animal I have. So I kind of went off topic, like you told us that we might. Uh, but yeah, so the tiger That's my thing. favorite part. My favorite part, by the <laughs> But way. yeah, so so I would I would say a tiger, but not for anything deep like that. But but just that that one experience of liking a tiger led to such a beautiful experience with a person that I met one time yep, yep. that developed into something so much more. One person can have such a huge impact. That's why I always tell people, no matter what, even if you think, well, who am I? Why would they want me to reach out to them? Believing in someone, supporting someone, doing something little, you have no idea the impact you can have on someone's life. So I so agree with that. And also, when you said about the Cracker Bell, I'm thinking, and you read her book. Do you know mm -hmm. how many people 
ha- had me places and they didn't even read my book, you know what I mean? Or didn't even know the title. And it's okay, it's great. I get to get my message out there, but it means so much more, you know, if they took the time to get to know you. Right. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. I'm sure that meant a lot. And by the way, I I can hear your little girl. And I'm loving it. Oh God, you can. She's. I'm in the office. Like I said, she's actually. No, she's it's great. No, we we out. like that. What's your little girl's name? <laughs> Liliana. Liliana. Oh, I love Liliana. Okay, so but I I gotta back up a second because <laughs> it's just going ding ding ding. Did you watch Tiger King? No, I did not. Okay, I just did you not on purpose? Or on purpose. Just, okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a huge reality show person to begin with. Like the, yeah. the, the extent of my reality shows are like anything with Gordon Ramsay <laughs> and cooking. <laughs> that is literally the only, and the biggest loser. I think those were the only two reality shows I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't watch the bachelor or bachelor. Like my girlfriends are like, I don't know how you can't watch these. Like I cannot, Yeah, I, 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 I can't support, I, I don't judge people that do like, trust me, I've watched tons of other shows that are like teenage drama shows, but like for some, for some reason, the reality shows, I just can't get behind supporting some of the behavior mm. of those individuals and, and animal cruelty. I can't, I yeah. can't even imagine. And trust me, I've seen enough memes on Facebook to know the whole premise. And I stick by my decision that I will never give that show ratings ever in a million years ever. <laughs> I totally understand. Okay. So now we're going to go back into what you're up to. So with the quarantine, what's going on with COVID, how have you switched gears from what you did a year ago, Nicole? Oh, man. So I almost live in the future. I am a planner. Like, if you had a type A, it would be me, for sure. Okay. So okay. with SPW, I usually plan my events a year, almost a full year in advance. So I plan in the oh. summer months, and then by the fall, we have our entire calendar year for the next year already done. So mostly in the month of December, I'm just doing the marketing plan of how many emails a week we're going to do or whatever. And then once January comes, I can just kind of facilitate all those events until summer when I start to plan again. But the truth is I'm already like thinking of 2022 when we're in 2021. So for me, when the world shut down March 13th, we had an event on March 19th for Women's History Month with Robin Gerber, who's an author of a lot of best-selling history books. And I was like, Knowing that some things were starting to be rescheduled for the fall already, but like no one knew how semi-permanent this was going to be. But with the chamber, we have so many offerings and so many amazing events that I'm thinking, how am I going to get Robin from California to fly in in you know November and then compete with my other person that's flying in from Seattle? And I'm going to have them both in the same month. And then how are, how are we going to have an audience? Like they're going to have to pick and choose. And I really don't want people choosing between which event they want to go to because they're both equally great. So we've been toying around with the virtual element for a while, but wondering if that would hurt us, which now we know people know how important in-person connection is. (laughs) I don't think that's going to hurt us. But for me, I went to my boss before that Friday even came, because I kind of knew that whole week something was going on because my husband and I had just traveled to Tennessee in early March and I knew that the world was kind of buzzing about shutting down. So I said that whole week, I said, if we are closed next week, can we take this virtual? I looked at the Zoom and I did some research and my boss took it to the board and they did a quick decision within a week and said, yes, we're gonna go virtual if there's a... So that first week when everyone was sitting home for that two week shutdown in Pennsylvania, we had something for them to do. And gotcha. no one, no one was really doing that yet because most people said, oh, rescheduled to the summer or rescheduled to the fall. So by the time June came, when people realized how semi-permanent this was, 
we had already produced almost six events virtually. Wow. So we wow. were already going from webinar to meeting format to, to do the inner, the, the connecting where people can actually network. So like we were starting to have programs within the program. We were really knowledgeable with the technology. So we were doing things outside the Woo. box and really comprehensive. So like for me, it's always about being ahead of the curve of learning of anything of like what can i do to serve our members like we're a membership service organization so i'm like yeah. how do we continually serve our members from this point like i'm not the type of person to just sit back and say hey what's everybody else going to do i'm like no we are going cuz i'm already, i'm not i'm not canceling this event it is done cuz i'm already in the next year i don't have time to think about this event again and so we we have just been full steamroll ahead so for me since the world shut down I had been constantly absorbing the new technology, ways that we can make our events more interactive, engaging with local media talent to have interviews with our speakers so that it's not just a 50 minute talk because it's not as engaging when it's not as in person. So we've done, you know, interview formats. Um, so in between doing my day job, which is Society of Professional Women, and of course, as you know, my five-year-old's running around, um, <laughs> I also have gone as the summertime was happening a part a friend of mine approached me on a business idea and asked me to become a partner in the company and so i actually have finally jumped off into the entrepreneur land and for the last six months we have been planning everything from our business model and we just started getting website developers so we should be launching in the next two or three weeks our new company so i will have my own business in about three weeks. I mean, I already do, but it's not yeah, publicly yeah, announced yet. And yeah. I don't mind sharing it right now because it's going to be announced very shortly. And, it's and this won't be up till then, So tell us. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, it's called College Cast. Um, it's actually for undergraduate students. And as you know, my media background is media. So it's actually almost like uh, a lot of colleges don't have the resources or equipment for media students and me knowing media when I graduated in the stock market crash of 2008, it's hard to get your work published to have a portfolio to present and say, hey, I can be a news anchor. And they'll be like, well, where's your tapes? And some universities have, you know, that equipment accessibility where you can make a little demo tape, but sometimes you don't have a demo tape. Now, the podcasting world has become explosive, especially among the millennials and the Gen Zers, where they're really into these podcasts. As you know, you're doing a podcast yeah. right now. And you know how expensive this equipment could be or this experience. Yep. So we actually are creating a company where it's almost like an internship. So we want them to have commercials on their podcast so they can get paid because we know college students need money. So it's almost like our way of giving back as well. So we're going to be um, we're going to have a studio so that they can access this equipment. We're going to have about 10 shows for our first season to start until we see where this goes. Um, but we plan on having them learning the business and then having their own show that they could buy back from us so that they could use it as their, their demos for when they go out into the world of journalism or broadcast. We have other people, students that we've been interviewing that want to do this that have nothing to do with a journalism background, but they just want to do it for fun. And that's cool yeah. too. Um, and so our plan is to eventually roll this out across the country and, and have a platform for these students to host their podcasts and also to earn some money, earn some experience. Um, and then hopefully we'll, we'll have enough income that we can offer scholarships as well. Um, and yeah. have like a little nonprofit arm of this organization because giving back to, um, underclassmen is really important to me. I always go back to universities and talk about my experience because like I told you, I was very young in my first career. I was on a board with or I wouldn't call it a board, but department heads from each department. There were six of us 
and the five men were over 40, 40, 40-year-old mm. 40 white men, and me, 20, and me, 22 years old. So you can imagine how, when I was telling you, I don't like fake it until you make it, because when I was in that room, they, not all of them, let's not say they made me feel small, but even if it wasn't them intentionally making me feel small, I still felt like I didn't belong there. You know what I mean? Even from my own perspective, I'm like, what am I doing sitting here? with these guys yeah. over 40. Like, yeah, I don't belong yeah. here. Not yeah. even just that they would make me feel that way because two of those men on that board are still very close friends of mine and they're amazing and they're, I consider them mentors and friends. So I would never yeah. say they made me feel bad about myself in any way, shape, or form. But it's like, that's kind of where that came from for me. So right now, um, I'm excited about this new business opportunity. I still plan on staying on my job with SPW. Um, full time because I make such an impact for people of future generations in that capacity too. So for me, a lot of these businesses that I belong to, I'm also on the board of Big Brothers Big Sisters uh, for the Independence Region in Delaware County, um, their regional advisory board. And that's about mentorship for youth. So for me, anything that's going to help our children, and now, like I said, I'm a mom and I have a young daughter, anything that's going to make her live her most, most authentic life and not be giving these challenges is why I do the work that I do. Cause it's more than just a job for me. It's a purpose. It's like, yeah, Oh my goodness. Tell. Now my, my daughter's going to grow up in a world where hopefully she won't have people look down on her just because she's a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I think those days might be behind us. Well, at least most for the most part for most people. So I love the concept. I love it. Love it. Love it. It's going to kick butt. I just know it. I remember, uh, a few years, well, a few years ago, it seems like a few years ago, but I was going down to Temple Radio and doing a show with the kids there. And I thought, man, there's so much talent in these schools. So that's, that's going to be so wonderful for you. I mean, to really be able to highlight all these kids. Thank you so much. I hope so. I hope you're yeah. right. <laughs> no, because I, because when I was going in, I was just do, going into the different schools. And then I went to University of Pennsylvania just to work with the radio station. I thought, oh my God. These kids kick butt. There's so much hidden talent in here. They just need an outlet. And look at you're going to give them an outlet. So ooh, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very excited. So let's back up a little bit for those people who may not be so familiar with the mainline Chamber of Commerce mm -hmm. or Chamber of Commerce wherever they live. Can you just tell us a little bit more? Uh, does it matter where you live, how they can get involved wherever they live? So I'm glad you asked that because quite honestly, even in college, I didn't know what a chamber of commerce was. Like I really just didn't know what the point was or what, what, what it really offered. So, and unless you're really in business, you might not really know that or understand that. And people still ask me that question that have been in industries forever. So it's not like some uncommon, hey, what is this? It's, it's a very normal thing. Not a lot of people know exactly what a chamber of commerce does. So each one really does you know, operate differently. Like we all kind of have the same goal of connection in mind, but some are more involved with advocacy politically than others, especially if they're in major cities. Um, so it's really a way to support businesses in your community. So it depends on the type of town you live in. Most towns have it, no matter how big or small, but some counties, for example, the mainline chamber of commerce is multi-county. So that's really something that makes us unique, that we're not just one county, we're multiple. So we pull from 
Delaware County, Montgomery County, Chester County, a few uh, suburban New Jersey areas, and of course, Philadelphia. Oh. So we are a multi-regional chamber and that makes us really unique. So Delaware County already has its own chamber, yet our chamber's in Delaware County. So do you understand what I'm saying? So, so yeah, there's different, yeah, yeah. different types of uh, chambers that, that do all different work, but mostly they're concentrated within a county. And their goal is to align businesses together. And I, I don't know if anybody else would use this analogy. I'm just using it because I've been in sorority, like I mentioned it already once. It's a big part of my life. So I kind of look at it as a sorority, right? Where you're joining an organization with people that have like-minded ideals or, you know, so that you could support one another. So basically you join as a business and you get a listing. And so when you go to pick a painter or you go to pick a bank or you go to pick a chiropractor, you're going to say, I'm going to look in the mainline chamber directory and use a chiropractor in here because they support this organization that has great work like society professional women that they support and other things. So because we're, you know, advocating for all these programs and, and doing all of this other important work and offering, you know, leadership classes and professional development. And so we're doing all of this work. So we need obvious support and income. When people belong to this network, that makes us able to produce those programs and those gotcha. things. So what happens is if they use, if they all join this club, it also gives them more business because, hey, now that I'm in this listing, you know, for example, the Mainline Chamber of Commerce has over 900 companies that belong to it. Hey, now I'm a part of this network where my chiropractic service is going to be up higher on the list than going to the phone book or Googling it because people want to support me because I support a business that they support. So ah. same thing for me. So like I, you know, and, and I, people always ask me, well, what's the return on investment? Like, how do I know they're going to pick me over the four other chiropractors that the Mainline Chamber of Commerce has listed or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah, Well, yeah. you don't know when someone's going to need a chiropractor. Like, I never thought I'd go to one in my life because I just don't like the sound of it. But then I got in a car accident a few years ago and I needed it. So the first person I went to was the person who sponsored SPW because they supported a mission of supporting women and it was a women-owned business. And that's something I want to support. So I actually drive out of my way to go to this chiropractor because they support a mission that I believe in. So it's yeah. not just, oh, let me just Google somebody and just pick the cheapest product. It's about an identification of being a part of a community. So when you think of a chamber of commerce, it's a community of businesses that are trying to make real impact in your region. So most of the time you want to support a chamber. So when people say, well, why would I join the mainline chamber versus the greater Philadelphia chamber or the Delaware County chamber? Yeah, like yeah. I, I live in Delaware, but I work in this city. So which one should I belong to? Well, depending on the size of your business or what your goals are, it's not uncommon to belong to multiple chambers. So yeah, you may work in this city. So you should be a part of the greater Philadelphia because everybody is, and it's the largest. So yeah, everybody has to be there. But then it's like, well, I live in Wayne and that's where your office is and I want to support the small businesses in my community that I live because I want to support and have beautiful restaurants on my street. You know what I mean? So you kind of you have to realize what your goals are and say, hmm, where does it make the most sense for me to belong? And so I always say we're baby bear because, you know, the Greater Philadelphia Chamber of Commerce is very large. Like I said, it's almost like 
undeniable how many people are there, but when you go into a room, it might be a little overwhelming. Um, and then you have the Delaware County Chamber, which is much smaller, but very tight-knit community. So their yeah. advocacy for their business community is amazing. I mean, they really do a lot for their internal community. And then you have us, where we're just kind of just right, right? So we're not yeah, too I big, but we're big enough to get things accomplished. And we're big enough to have programs that are really large. And we can definitely put you in a room with... 200 to 300 people. You know what I mean? So we're yep, kind yep. of just right. I always say we're like the baby bear chamber of commerce because this region actually does have a lot of chambers of commerce in this it little does. region. Yeah. yeah, it does. Well, I'm glad you explained it that way. I'm in Chester County and I and I think there is a chamber of commerce here too. Mm -hmm. There is. I think. But, um, yeah. oh my God, the guy's going to kick my butt, but I, I think I spoke there one time. But you're right. It depends. Like some are smaller, some are bigger. Mm -hmm. and like you're probably right, like you said, right in the middle, right there, the baby bear. The right, <laughs> I love that, the baby bear. No one, by the way, has ever said it's like joining a sorority. So I like that analogy. I can relate to that because even when I'm thinking, going through your points, and I'm, there's so many great ones and which ones we can get in, you say surround yourself with others that empower you and your vibe and your goals. So that's the Chamber of Commerce right there. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. exactly, yeah, you know, it just described exactly what you say. Find your tribe, find your people. Now, what about, I don't really know that much about the Society of Professional Women. Maybe you mm -hmm. could tell us a little bit about that, Nicole. Sure, that's actually a program of the Mainline Chamber of Commerce. Uh, it oh. started over a decade ago. So in the beginning, a lot of people thought SPW was an organization. We have really tried to, over the last six years that I've been involved, make sure that people know that it is a program of the chamber because many people would say, well, I'm a member of SPW. And we say, no, you're a supporter of the SPW program, but you're a member of the Mainline Chamber of Commerce. So the Mainline Chamber of Commerce has multiple programs within it that, wow. like I said, foster this development of you know, personal or professional development for business and companies and also for networking and to get together. So you have regular networking events where it's solely just connecting people with one another. And then we have this content end. And so we have a, con gotcha. a program called the Nonprofit Roundtable, which is specifically for our nonprofit community. We have our signature events, which include, you know, an economic forecast breakfast where we talk about the region's economic development for the year and how we did the previous year and what's to come. We have, you know, a luncheon for awarding a female leader in the region. We have our business awards, you know, we're like any typical chamber of commerce. So the Society of Professional Women program, and the reason why people think it's an actual organization is it is the largest program that the chamber does. And gotcha. it has multiple programs within the program. So we have five programs within this program. So we have trademark events, which are our large scale events, which can have anywhere from 150 to 250 individuals at each event. We even had 400 one time for a really big speaker that we brought in. Uh, we have wow. lunch and share programs about four or five times a year, and those are about 75 to 90 attendees, and those are more conversational, uh, personal development, sometimes uh, legal topics or human resources because a lot of our small businesses don't have those, those departments or capabilities, so we might do some legal compliance workshops or banking or whatever. Um, so those are smaller because they're more integrated. Panel discussions are great for that group because it's smaller. Um, and then we have our Women Helping Women Peer Mentoring Group, which is actually a class of 12 to 15 individuals that meet once a month for the entire year and work on professional goals of, 
hey, I, I want to get a new job or hey, I want to get a promotion or I need a raise or whatever they're going through in the moment. It's just exactly that. It's a mentor group and it's made of all different industry professionals and all different age groups. It's really great. Oh my um, God, I would love that. Holy yeah. moly. So we also have our No Limits Leadership Workshop, which is for undergraduate students. As I said, I really enjoy giving back to, you yeah. know, I wish I knew what I know now at college. That's why these, these kind of initiatives are important to me. And we've paired that with our Talent and Education Network with the Mainline Chamber and co-branded that together under two gotcha. programs. Um, so we actually had a Women in Technology Conference through No Limits. And then, of course, our last program is in partnership with the Chamber for our signature events, which is the Gold Leaf, which is where we honor a female executive that's not just a female executive, but gives back a lot to our community. And a lot of Chambers of Commerce actually have this type of award. They have different names for it. But anyway, the point is, is that the Chamber, um, we have this the, our own website and we have our own email group and we have our own social media. And that's solely because SPW has grown s such a following and has done such a tremendous work. And like I said, there are so many offerings that if we hosted it on the Mainline Chamber portal, it would oversaturate all of the other amazing work that we're doing. Like I said about this Talent and Education Network program and our Nonprofit Roundtable program. Like we have so many offerings. So you'll see our membership will get the first marketing run of anything yeah. society professional related. But then the next three marketing runs, because as you know, I have a marketing background, you know, you need to market multiple times before people take action. We market just to that group. Like people who say, I want to receive information about SPW because this is the program I support. So for us, Society Professional Women, like I said, has been around for a decade. We have very established programs within the program. We have our own stuff, our own social media. We also like to communicate when things like today happen, so we're recording on this the day of the inauguration, so regardless of political stuff, which we don't really talk about a lot within our chamber because we are bipartisan, but yep. it's not, it's still okay to acknowledge that we're having our first female vice president, right? Yeah, yeah. So things like that will communicate. If we see people, you know, taking different leadership or board positions that are female, we like to encourage that and celebrate that. And also if there's anything that has to do with, you know, maternity leave being increased somewhere, just any kind of knowledge or information regarding uh, the female gender, we like to celebrate that. And the other thing that I'm really proud of being associated with the Society of Professional Women over my last six years in the journey is that because SPW has been established at making such a wonderful impact and doing this so well, um, we've also been able to speak up for other diverse groups and really highlight what all different backgrounds bring to the table. So we did a session with Dr. Temple Grandin on neurodiversity two years ago. Uh, we've talked about addiction in the workplace. Um, you know, obviously we've talked about people of color and things like that and unconscious bias. So we're really, you know, we're in a unique position to where, not that we need permission, like people don't need permission to speak and advocate, yeah. but I feel like it's expected. Like people aren't surprised if we talk about, hey, maybe we should talk about our neurodiverse population. Gotcha, I don't think gotcha. people are like, oh, why are they talking about this? They should just be talking about gender. Because when we advocate for gender, we advocate for all because we're part of the minority group. So um, it's been really beautiful to see SPW kind of take on the responsibility really of not just focusing on gender, but focusing yeah. on a world where we can all live and be equal. 
You know, Nicole, I'm sitting here and I'm usually a very energetic person, but you even took my energy up. I mean, the, your passion, even though I can't see you, it's just, it's coming through. I mean, you can see how much you love it and it, it's going to inspire so many when they hear this. I mean, oh, good. It, yeah. I mean, it, it really is. You can see, I don't know, but I got to be a part of it <laughs> somehow. You somehow. do. It's so much fun. I love our group. I'm telling you, I miss everyone yeah. so much. But even virtually, when I yeah. go in these networking rooms and I see everyone smile, we actually brought in a, a musician to our last event that we had with yeah. Jennifer Weiner last week. And he was playing like an electric violin. Oh. And at the end of the session, people would not leave and people were dancing. And I was yeah. like laughing because people were like, oh my God, I had to turn my camera off because I was like dancing and I was being so embarrassing. And like, I was just laughing all morning and I thought, yeah. this group is so amazing. Like no one is afraid to be themselves. Everyone's so supportive of one another. And I'm thinking, I would love to just be in a room dancing with these people right now. <laughs> like I just, I really, yeah. people have become my friends. Like I said, I am very open like I don't really separate work from personal which maybe I should but like these people have become such a strong influence in my life I enjoy seeing them and talking to them and yeah I just I, I just want everyone to come I, I always say that I'm like <laughs> I know I sound like a salesperson but like I just want no, everyone no, to don't. be a part of this no, like no, I no. just it's so empowerful and honestly the whole reason why I work for SPW is because I went to an event in 2014 I remember it exactly because it was so transformational for me. And, and he knows this because I've talked to him on multiple occasions since. But Adam Grant wrote his first book, Give and Take, and came to speak for SPW in 2014. And when I was at KYW News Radio, I came on the client side because I had a marketing relationship with it. And when I came to that event, I realized then how much I was giving and how much they were taking because they were taking advantage of my age and my inexperience. And I, and I thought oh my God, I have to do something. And that's when I met with the founder of SPW and said, yeah. how can I work with these men? How can I get them to take me seriously? How can I make impact? And ironically, two weeks later, her assistant was leaving and she asked me to come on board. And I wanted to make the change that, that SPW made for me for others now. So like, I am a testament to what this program can do for people and the confidence that it can give people to fight for themselves, to advocate for themselves, to know that they're worth something and to know that they can accomplish whatever they have in their heart. And so mm. for me, when I tell people, I'm like, oh God, I know it sounds salesy, but I've done this. I was on your yeah. side. Like it's yeah. not just, I just happen to thank God, work for the organization that changed my life. First of all, Nicole, I don't know you that long, but I can tell you couldn't sell anything if you didn't believe in it. Like people say, oh, you're a great salesperson. I used to hear all the time, I can't sell anything I don't love. But man, when you love it, <laughs> you're gangbusters. So I, I mean, I don't know. I just Oh think... my God, that's so funny, Sadie. We're, we're twins because no, you're it's... right that we are so alike because honestly, so Carrie can tell you this, Carrie Mulvey, we'll bring her back. KYW used to ask me to come to sales all the time. And I was like, hell no. I can't take that kind of pressure. Like I am never going to be a salesperson. I can't sell to people because I'm not a good liar. Like I can't sell yeah. to people because I can't, I can't, I don't know. I just can't. So I never bit the bullet. And then I was at an event a few years ago and one of my clients had told 
my boss, oh, she's a good salesperson. She made us double their investment. And I looked at them like as if they said a dirty word. And I was like, ew, did you just say I'm a salesperson? Like, no, I'm not. Like, (laughs) I could never do that. What do you mean? But in all reality, I'm selling SPW every day. And yes, I'm in charge of sponsorship now. So I certainly am a salesperson, whether I like it or not. But it's so true. It's like selling ice to an Eskimo, right? Like, if you love it, you can sell it. And it's just ironic because I used to think of sales as a dirty word, but that's not really the case, especially now. So it's funny that you said that because that's exactly what happened to me. Like, yeah, oh, you're yeah. a great salesperson. And I'm like, ew, no, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> right, because you can do it when you believe in it and you want, you can say, I can hear it in your voice. You're like, oh, it did so much for me. I wanted to do the same for you. I want right. to get back. I want to do this and that and that. So it doesn't, there's a difference between, I, I can't wait to sell this and being a sell. It's you don't even have to worry about that. But okay, I got to back up because there's so many things I wanted to get in. I'm like, ah, where to go? Where to go? But as far as groups, I just mm-hmm. want to let you know, I was very fortunate that my business, Western Fitness, down at 19th and Market, it had thousands of members come in every single day. So it was a big club. I just sold it in 2019, but I got to see people every day, every day, like lots and lots of people. They were my posse. And now that it sold, I was like, I have to join groups. I have to join groups. I don't know where, I didn't know where to go, but you know, I say the timing is everything. And I joined one group, shout out to them, Walnut Club, a woman's group. And I really enjoyed these women. And I, but with quarantine, I'm a very social person, Nicole. Like it, like I go out on my bike and just wave to people all day long. They know me now as the friendly biker because I miss connection. So I'm thinking, I got to join more groups. There must be more virtual things. So I went and joined uh, two women's groups that are international. And I'm like, yeah, but when things bust open, I need my posse. Where can I go? And now you're sitting here and look what you're bringing before me, Nicole. It's like, woohoo. I, I totally agree with you. And I, I, I encourage anyone because, you know, a lot of people ask me what the difference between SPW and other women's organizations are. Um, and I am all for any woman organization that empowers you and makes you feel like you yeah. are safe yeah. and supported. There are many different reasons why people belong to different organizations in general, let alone just picking a women. So, you know, National Association for Women Business Owners is an alliance of SPW. That's a specific group that helps women that are entrepreneurs or business owners. Yes, SPW may hold a program once or twice a year about entrepreneurship or they could help a women business owner with time management or whatever the the topic might be. Yeah. But you will never have a room full of just business women that you could say, hey, I'm doing this with my business. What's your advice? Like, like there are certain groups that you need to be a part of. And it's not uncommon, like I said, for people to belong with both. So when people expect me to put SPW first and say, oh, no, well, we are the best. I won't do that. And maybe that's why, like I said, maybe that's what makes me a bad salesperson. But I am not in the business of not helping people. You know what I mean? Like I will just as a person, I am not able to do that. So, you know, I also am an alliance with vision 2020, but I'm also a personal delegate. So it's not just in SPW, it's in my own personal life. So like that's a specific goal that those, those women are trying to achieve. So like, it depends on what you're looking for. So me, I don't need to compare SPW to other groups to share what SPW's mission is. We are fortunate that we have the backing of a chamber behind our program. Yes. So we already have a built-in network of over 900 companies 
And our mission is to accelerate and expand the influence of women in the workplace, nonprofit, and government sectors. So in order to do that, we need to be inside those businesses and those companies. And along the way, we're offering professional development content. And yes, there is networking. So we are not just another networking group. Yeah. We're also yeah. offering other things. So like for you to say, what's the difference between joining NABO or SBW? Well, what are you trying to achieve? That's going to be my, that's going to be my gotcha. question. Gotcha. I don't just give people a response and say, oh, we're the best. Don't worry about them. Like, no, well, what do you need? And then I'll yeah. be totally transparent with, yeah. parent with you that if you only have $300 and that's what their membership is and that's what ours is, and you're a business owner and you just started your company, I'm going to tell you to go to them because I'm going to say, go to them because you need to start your company and then come to a few events of ours, you know, and pick and choose which one, but don't belong to us yet because we're not going to serve you in that best capacity yet, but it's great to be a part of our community. And so that's why it's so important to kind of not, you have to ask the right questions. Yeah. No. And I'm sitting here because it's, it's, selfishly it's just perfect timing for me because there's so many things that i like i said i felt i got in my setting and the one thing that i really miss i don't do enough and it's so important is mentor i used to be able you know what i mean because i was seeing all my young students and my members and nicole i got to mentor so many people and employees and i really miss it so so much and it's so important to mentor it really is i love that you're doing that it's a big part. It's a great part. Everyone should, you know, want to at a certain point give back. And you know what? You learn so much when you give back. Yeah, well, that's that's always been, like I said, mentorship has gotten me to where I am. Yep. I, I joined the board of Big Brothers, Big Sisters, because I believe that mentorship should start at a very early age, especially yep. in communities that don't have, you know, mentors very available to them or don't have. Yep. And like I said, as much as I love my parents, you know, they only know what they know. Like you can't expect <laughs> yeah. your parents to teach you everything about yeah. life, especially because I am a first generation college student. I have an older sister, but she didn't go to college. So, yeah. and my parents were both blue collar workers. So like for me, I didn't have, I couldn't go to my mom and dad about being on a department head board with five men over 40. Like they don't understand what that dynamic looks like. They don't, mm. you know what I mean? So yeah. like for me, yep. You know, you can't have your parents be your mentors or your older siblings. Not that I don't think they're valuable, but I think, was it you and I talking this morning? Or actually, it might have been someone else. They talked about um, put, building your own personal board of directors. And that's so important because your board of directors shouldn't just be people who look like you. They should come from different Ooh, races, different yeah. backgrounds, different yeah. industries, different age. I mean, you're, it's okay to have someone younger than you be a mentor because they're going to have experiences that you don't have so that you can be a better manager because yep. you might say, okay, now I'm a manager and I don't know how to work with Gen Z. Well, guess what? If you have someone in Gen Z mentoring you, or even if you're their mentor so that you can learn from them yep. and say, Hey, what does this next generation need for me to lead them appropriately? That's important. So I don't think people should say, you know, let me surround myself with this toolbox of all of these people that are just like me, then they're never going to have anything else. I love that. We are running out of time, my young lady, but I got to ask one thing because I do have a lot of young listeners and I was thinking about this because I'm finishing up writing a journal for young kids ages eight to 12. And it's all about building confidence and overcoming anxiety and having that belief in yourself, which is due soon, like in two weeks. So I better finish my butt up. But the one thing 
that when I went out to talk to these young people, they have a really tough time with the F word, failure. And if you could just speak just a little bit on that, because I'm trying to encourage them so much that, you know, it's not even failure to me. I mean, I always like, I hate, I used to say, I hate the F word. It just didn't work out. It just didn't work out that time. And for me, if I don't try, that's failure. So what could you say to all these young people out there? Oh, absolutely. I am a big proponent of failing hard and fast, right? Like, <laughs> like I, I think it would be impossible to think that you could do anything without failure. I kind of look at it as like, if you didn't have rain, you would never appreciate the sunshine, right? So like, yep. how could you know how great it is to win if you have never lost, right? I mean, that's why we love to win because we had to have experienced defeat at one point, right? <laughs> right? So, Absolutely. Right. So for me, I, like I said before, I like to own up to my failures because it also makes us human and it, and it gives other people hope. You know, it lets them know they're not mm. alone because failure could be a very lonely place, right? Yeah. When you fail, yeah. you are in a deep state of sadness or regret or anger or whatever all of those negative emotions are. Yeah. And when you see someone else fail, not that you should revel in it. I don't think anyone's like, yes, that person failed. But sometimes you're almost like, oh my God, that person failed too. I'm not this loser, right? Like, yeah. you're not, not that alone. That, not yeah. that that person's a loser, but that's my point. Like when you when you are able to admit that you failed, it just I think that shows strength, not weakness. I Absolutely. think it's just I think it's like, wow, that person's a damn human being and now look at them. Oh my god, they failed at this and now they're they made a million dollars off their next idea. Like, oh, they lost this they lost only $10,000 and then their next idea they made a million. Like, holy crap, that's amazing. And people love that underdog story, right? They People love that because it's real. <laughs> no <laughs> one wants to hear, hey, I just came out and hit a home run and never struck out. Like, nobody thinks that's awesome. No one's like, oh, this person's just great because they, you know, you want to hear the underdog story because everyone has one, yeah. right? So that's, yeah. it makes it so much more relatable. And so for me, I've learned some of my greatest lessons through failing, right? You can't yeah. learn if you're not making a mistake. I mean, sure, you can learn if you're succeeding too. I get that. But for me, you know, for me, failing makes me know what I don't want to do too. Like I always tell people the way I kind of fell into my career, I feel like it chose me and not the other way around. I mean, yeah, I'm still kind of doing what I went to school for, but like it kept pulling me and pulling me and we were in a recession and I made decisions to just go with the marketing because we were in a recession and then I ended up loving it. And now my husband had asked me a question once, like if somebody called you from NBC and said they wanted you to be a news anchor tomorrow, would you take it? And I was like, oh my God, like that's a really hard question because Ooh. I am, I love what I'm doing right now. Now, most people would yeah. say, well, you're not a news anchor, so you failed, right? But did I really? Because your no. goals your goals and your dreams have an ability to shift, you know? I also wanted to be a singer my whole life, right? So like, but I don't consider me not being on the stage today at inauguration like Lady Gaga killing it. Uh, <laughs> I don't consider that a failure in my life. I don't, you have yeah. to also change the definition of failure because it depends, everything, like I said it before, is not black and white. Like dreams and goals can change and that could still mean that you haven't failed like just you could succeed at other things just because yeah. there's other things on the map doesn't mean you have to fulfill every single one to make it successful and so for me I'd, I don't 
I don't know, failure doesn't scare me anymore. I think, I think I've failed enough now to know that I can get back up. And I think that's the most important part is that you recognize the failure and you move forward. And I think you also have to notice that if you can't move forward from that failure, then maybe you should seek external help and not be afraid to because yeah. then you can move on. I like that. Well, Miss Nicole, this has been awesome. But unfortunately, we have to wrap up. Are you ready for rapid fire? Just some fun little questions for you, Miss Stevenson. I have to. I have to be ready, right? <laughs> it's fun. It's okay. been so fun so, already. I love talking about this stuff. Like you said, I'm very passionate about it. I, and I love helping people. So it's been yeah, so much it, fun. I appreciate you. Which it's cool beans because everyone's going to love it. All right. So first one is easy. If you were going to sing a karaoke song, what would you sing? Oh, man, that's easy because I've won many contests with it. See, huh? <laughs> it's The Last Dance by Donna Summer. No way. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've actually, we, we had a bar at my university, and uh, the person who won on the Wednesday wing night got 100 bucks, and then after the 10 weeks, the person that was going to win won, like, a, a higher prize, like 500 bucks or something. And yeah. so I won the first round and then I competed against all 10 people and won that round too. And it was like super exciting. So that's forever going to be my karaoke song. So do you still do, I mean, not in the last year, but do you still go out and do karaoke or open mic? Um, I, God, I don't know the last time I did karaoke just because we've been in our house for so long. <laughs> but I do, I did used to canter at my church for a very long time. And oh, okay. I, I canter at fun funerals and weddings of family members and things like that. So I do sing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I was a dance major, so I can't sing to it, but I mime it and would dance for you. So when you go back up, I could be one of your background dancers. All right. Favorite, favorite color? Purple. Purple. Something you could tell us about yourself that we may not know. Oh, man. Like I said, I'm an open book. Uh, some fun. Something that I, that you don't know. Well, we talked a lot today, so, Okay. I will say that, and I did tell you I was in a sorority and stuff like that. Um, something you do not know. Like a show that you may watch, something you do with your family that you enjoy, a hobby okay. we may not know about, a food that you eat. Yeah, I'm going to say that something people might not know about me is that I am a book junkie. Like I have like 25 books on my desk. Like I can't read books fast enough. I actually am one of those people that can like read a few words from the page and read a whole page, if that makes sense. Oof. Like, like I just, no, I can't I just, do that. I, I do absorb, not like that. I absorb from books. Like I actually prefer books over movies. You know, when some people say, oh, they love movies like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Like I prefer the books over the movies because you can use your imagination so much. So yeah, I guess that I'm a book junkie. Yeah. Okay, which is good for the next question. What's one of your favorite books you got going on right now? Oh, right now? Yeah. Hmm, okay, so I always have to shout out Adam Grant, Give and Take, because like I said, that book was transformational for my life, um, and I just loved it so much. But Say it again. Say it again, Nicole. It's called Give and Take by Adam Grant. And he's written like three or four books and even written a co-written one with Sheryl Sandberg since then. But that original book that he wrote was one that transformed my life about how people take advantage of one another and where that comes from. He's an organizational psychologist. So he really Ooh. just, the book is really fantastic. Uh, another book I really enjoyed was um, All In by Josh Leves. It's actually the opposite 
uh, of looking at maternity leave, but actually looking at paternity leave and how the rest of the world perceives men being caregivers and things like that. And he's a global Ooh. UN gender champion and he's amazing. Um, and actually Adam Grant introduced me to him because he knew how much I would love him, but I love that book. Um, and I guess I like the, the book right now that I just started reading is Brave Not Perfect. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's amazing. And honestly, I have not finished it because obviously I'm in the middle of reading it. And okay. I don't want to butcher this woman's name, but I think her name is Rishma Sujani. Um, but Brave Not Perfect is just... Love it. I heard amazing things about it and I finally just started it because a lot of the times I have to read books of my speakers. So I can only read so many books. And yeah, I have like yeah. half books on that, half books on yeah. you know fiction and I'm just trying to read. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to reading the rest of Brave Not Perfect. Oh, I like that. I, I am a book junkie, but everyone says, how much help can you use? Because I don't read fiction. It's all nonfiction. Yeah, so yeah. my desk is filled with all these fun books. But anyhow, next thing. From beginning to end, morning to night, what would one of your perfect days look like? Oh, man. You know, this... this um pandemic has really provided a lot of perspective because like I said, I'm a lot on the go, go, go. Same with my husband and my daughter. And we've been able to have like breakfast, lunch and dinner together on a slower day. Like not yeah. when I'm doing a lot of work when it's like a somewhat slower day and I can just do a couple of emails and take some time. But like waking up and being able to just check my emails with my laptop on the kitchen table and having a breakfast together with coffee and the TV on and just being a family and then going back to work and then having lunch together and then we have the dinner in a crock pot and it's all ready to go. And then, you know, I get to do my exercises. I really liked it when it was summer because I was able to go outside more often and yeah. go to the beach. So like I'm imagining my perfect day would probably be summer. Although when it snowed, we went out three times that day that it snowed just to sled with our daughter. And it was like glorious. So like I can thrive in any, in any environment. But I guess the perfect day for me just depends on who I'm with. Like, yeah. I, like I said, I'm a people person. So like most people would say, oh, you're a mom and you're so busy. A perfect day to you must be like for you to shut the door and have no one bother you <laughs> or like get a bath or whatever. But that's not true for me. For me, I thrive around people. Like I feel most safe if I'm just drinking a cup of coffee with my girlfriends in the morning. Like I would be switching it up a lot because I have four very close friends from college. So like uh, we always, when we have a weekend together or something, get in the morning and talk about the night before with our coffee. So like my perfect day would start out drinking coffee with my girlfriends, spending lunch with my husband and my daughter at the beach house, at our beach house on the, on the beach, and then spending dinner with my family. My family's Italian. We're very close. So I could see like the perfect dinner being like the big Italian dinner with my family and extended family who I miss and I have not seen since the pandemic. It's been really difficult. And then in the evening, just having my workout time. I'm, I just started kickboxing a year ago and I'm obsessed with it. So I'd be kickboxing my way and dancing my way through a workout, <laughs> taking a nice hot shower and then just binge watching some TV or watching a movie with my, my daughter and my husband eating some popcorn or something. That does sound like a fun day. It really does. Okay. So if I was going to say to you the word universe, what would universe mean to you? Hmm. Yeah, I'm a very, my girlfriends always make fun of me. They hate playing like Cards Against Humanity with me or any of those type of games because I'm very literal. Like I can't, <laughs> I'm very literal. So like when you said universe, I literally saw the whole solar system in my head. That's good, am, that's good. I am a very literal person. So if you tell me universe, I am legit thinking about the universe. <laughs> 
No, that's, that's, by the way, I say this to all my guests and I've never heard that one. So I really, yeah. Oh my God. Were they being like, so like zen and like, oh, I think about the world being world peace. Is that like, (laughs) okay. So a lot of it will say, I think of the connection that when I think of universe of people being connected around the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm very literal. Like I legit just saw the whole solar system project in front of my mind. So. Uh, no, somebody actually was a mathematician. I think okay. they used some equation that I, I I can't even remember. But anywho, Nicole, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know we're going to have to edit some of this. We went way over time. That's okay. So many, so many world, so many words of wisdom. So many pearls. The excitement. I really feel it. it's so needed to spread anything out there we can in the world that's positive and powerful and can inspire others. So is there anything that we didn't get in that you want to get in or tell us how they can reach you or your organizations? Oh, sure. Yeah, I I think we covered a lot. Like I said, I can go on for years. So I appreciate the platform and the time to spread, you know, our mission and just talk about what what my goals are, hopefully for a better future for, you know, young my young daughter and others. So thank you so much for having me. It was really a great time. I love talking about this stuff. Um, How people can get a hold of me. I am a huge poster and advocate on social media on LinkedIn, so they could definitely look for me under Nicole Stevenson, and it is with a PH, so I want to make sure people know that. Um, So Nicole Stevenson on LinkedIn, and then of course, they can go to spwmainline.com. Like I said, the Chamber has its own website for SPW, or if you want to see the Chamber side, it's mlcc.org. Cool. Um, And then of course, I'm open to having conversations with people. My email is on my LinkedIn, so it's nstevenson at mlcc.org. So if someone wants to pop me an email and just say, hey, I want to learn more about the organization or I want to come to a future event just to see what you guys do, feel free to email me. I have no qualms about sharing my email address with people. All right, my let's keep it real people. Come on. Did Nicole keep it real or what? I know you love this episode. Make sure you spread the word, share it, like it, rate it. What did I forget not to do? Let me know what you want to see more of. Just spread the love and the kindness and anything you can do to give that word of wisdom to somebody that might need it. Inspiration is key. Don't think your words don't matter. One little word can change someone's world. I promise you. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.